Welcome back to uh, the Virtus podcast. This is episode 94. Uh, with me today, I have Tom George, owner of the Private Sea Wellness Centre in Mornington. Uh, Lachlan Wallace, co-host as well. We had a fantastic chat today. Uh, we talked about the business that Tom and his family have established, um, thriving business, all about float- flotation, uh, recovery, relaxation, holistic living. Uh, highly recommend check it out. Uh, we also talked about Tom's story, about his travels and experiences abroad uh, and the lessons he's brought back. Had a super fun time uh, recording the podcast. I hope you really enjoy it. Take some lessons from it and uh, enjoy. My personal and business goal is to be just a little bit better every day. I believe everyone, especially normal people, have a story to tell. The Virtus Podcast exists to help us all find small ways of consistent improvement by discussing the journey and experiences of each of our guests. <laughs> nice. Go a beer coop. You'll, I'll, you'll I'll try. Good. <laughs> you, you do have a bit of like Adrian Brody going on. Mm. Oh, is he the guy out of The Pianist? Don't know, I've seen it. He's oh, on Pinky Blinders. It. He's the um. Because I get that guy a lot. Or when pianist. I did have long hair, I had Zlatan Abramovich. Yes, The Pianist. It is. Yeah, you go see it. Good, good movie. I don't know. I haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> People just say I look like him, so I know that he's in it. What else is? Okay, well let's let's uh let's hit the ground running. Let's get stuck. And there's the start. First right. first question for you. Please. What gets you out of bed in the morning? What gets me out of bed? Hmm. At the moment, I yeah. I guess I would say work, but not on the premise of I have to get out of where where out of bed to go to work. Like I think work is where like my passion lies as well. So I get out purely to enjoy work, which I think is, it's, you know, it's, work is, I'm learning a lot from it. Like it's the first time kind of being in business, especially in business with mum and dad and everything like that as well. Shout it's, out. Hey, Tim and Lynn George, shout out. How's that? Um, I'll press that, thanks. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't just keep throwing shout outs? Yeah, you can. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's all just about experience for me, I think. And the the best way I can learn at the moment is being in this kind of situation in work. Like, there's not many others, unless I go and back to study or something like that. The amount that I'm actually learning from being in business is probably the reason why I think I'm getting out of bed, you know? What was the catalyst to, one, you going into business with mum and dad, yep. and two, the whole thing happening at all? From the start? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's... The reason going into business is because like flotation is kind of my thing. Just love it. And I know the benefits are there, so I just kind of want to preach that heaps. Um, and the opportunity came up in such a beautiful way, so I was like, why not? You know, I've done my travels, so <laughs> let's jump into this now. It's the next step. Um, but, yeah, the reason why it all started was... Uh, I'm going to have to shout out Joe Rogan. <laughs> man. You're so basic. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> it took us four minutes. 
but it is the main it is the main reason then why flotation has come back in, into their kind of common realm now as well um but yeah just did it once up in the city when there were only maybe two or three in Victoria yeah. and loved it. Had this cool experience of I was sitting in this airplane cockpit kind of thing and like looking around and seeing all like the villages below me and then came back and started preaching to mum and dad like this thing is crazy. Yeah. Like, And then they went and did it maybe a couple of weeks later or something like that and then three months the lease was signed for the new premise. So wow. quick turnaround and everything like that. Um but yeah, dad's always said like, cause it was heavy in the sixties and resurfaced kind of thing, like the eighties and everything like that for different reasons. And dad always said that it's something that he wanted to try and get into it. So when like I kind of came back and brought it back into his realm. So he's like, yes, let's go do it, Lynn. Let's go have a crack at it. And awesome. yeah, everything kind of fell into place where always happens when you're not ready at all. But the location came up, which was such a cool location that we used to have. And everything just fell into place where we could kind of kick on with it. But at the time, I wasn't in the business with them. It was just mum and dad making that venture forward, which was super powerful. For the, for the uninformed, what, mm-hmm. what the fuck's floating? What is floating? <laughs> cool. Go. Give you a little spiel. <laughs> so basically, flotation therapy is like the, the process of relaxation. or is like a stepping stone to relaxation and mindfulness, I guess. Um it's common term or it's old term is sensory deprivation. Oh. Bit of a scary term, which the industry don't like to use anymore. They use flotation rest, which is like restricted Lame. restricted environmental stimulation therapy. <laughs> kind of long. Right. Yeah, good. <laughs> um, but yeah, basically what it is trying to do is like cut out all your senses. And it's done that by really only three senses is like sight, sound and touch. Sight and sound, super easy, just soundproof and make it dark in there completely. And then touch is eliminated by being in the water itself is set to the surface temperature of your skin. And the water has roughly about 700 litres to 350 kilos of Epsom salt in there. So it creates that buoyant effect on it. And you are floating on top of the water in that warm water. So after a while, you sort of start to lose that feeling of touch and kind of become one with the water, to use that term. Um... And when you do kind of disassociate yourself from your senses, there's nothing really connecting you to reality itself because that's what kind of grounds you to reality. So your mind has nothing else to think about because it's nothing it can connect to except kind of past memory, past thought, what's happening now, which does genuinely quiet after being a good 10, 15 minutes in the tank anyway. And that just leads to like naturally lowering yourself into the parasympathetic response or the sympathetic response from the parasympathetic response, causing immense amounts of relaxation, lowering cortisol levels and everything like that. So it's just creating this awesome effect of relaxation and mindfulness, I think. Yeah. Yeah, see. Yeah. And you guys both done it. Multiple times. Multiple yeah. times. It's a good thing. It's a nice little um, reset on the body. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing to go into mm-hmm. because you kind of go in there with this expectation of being like, okay, I'm going to like enter into this like tank and then I'm just going to be like zen yeah but um i found it like your monkey mind has gone gone crazy in there i think for sure at the start um what i found useful was just going there with no expectation yep and just being like what will happen will happen if i um like fall asleep then that's cool um if i just like and thinking about a ton of stuff that's going on in life then (laughs) so be it but uh, you just kind of got to like trust the process and yeah, try and be present. 
I've always found it highlights my like current state of mind. Mm-hmm. So rather than getting me to a certain place, mm-hmm. the place that I'm at when I go into the tank usually is just amplified. amplified so yeah. if I'm like w- like wired on and just thinking about things, my mind will go a million miles an hour right. for the, the you know, hour we're in there. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm super chill, I'll just kind of like just hang out and and float and not really think about much. Yeah. And if I'm like cactus, I'll just fall asleep. Yeah. Um, hopefully not face down usually face up <laughs> get a little snorkel <laughs> yeah people have asked people have asked if they can bring snorkels in and everything like that really? and we kind of have to say no <laughs> just in case no thank you <laughs> um, but yeah I really think the tank will bring out like what it needs you to bring out kind of thing like it's it's you can't go in there and with those expectations be like okay today I'm going to sleep or today I'm going to have these crazy visuals it's just like whatever happens is like what's meant to happen at that time yeah and it does like you can start to, to play and kind of dictate a little bit what does happen in there with the timing of the day that you do do it and okay. well I guess the diet that you might have in it like if you yeah. do it, if you do a fast float in there as well it does differ to like obviously a heavier float after eating and everything time of the day time of the week it's post coffee post coffee yeah <laughs> not going to sleep too well in that one no, <laughs> no I find it really interesting that I guess what you actually get out of it because I always mm-hmm. I find it kind of sparks no matter what mindset I go into it with mm-hmm. it always sparks a kind of bit of creativity and a bit of maybe maybe that thought loop changes a little bit from it what's the what's the research behind like the psychological effects of it well there's like I think there's a lot of there's this one dude who basically is like the head researcher for brain research as well on flotation Dr. Justin Feinstein Dr. Justin Feinstein Feinstein Oh, okay. There you go. Dr. J. Dr. J. Um, and he's like the head neurologist, researcher, director at um, Loretta Institute of Brain Research. And he does all these incredible like research on anxiety and depression, high state anxiety, PTSD and everything like that. And it is basically just like working to quiet the mind. And then it does like the, um, oh, I can't remember what it's called the inner like the inner cortex it has like a proper name in the brain where it basically just can like silence that so it is like working specifically on the brain and then you're not thinking about the things that you may generally think about with like high state anxiety like the amygdala the the reptilian brain is that got to do with that or is that different i think it does not like i don't know what happens with the amygdala in there but um it's i can't remember what it is but it's like maybe the prefrontal cortex mm-hmm. might ring a bell where there's like, I guess that's where your pineal gland as well highly activates that and then quiets one side of the brain as well. Okay. I'm not really too sure, 100%. You know? Awesome. Yeah. What's the difference between floating mm-hmm. and I guess, not to use the term sensory deprivation, but mm-hmm. that sort of environment to uh, meditation or mindfulness? Just a cheat code, I think really just a cheat code like mind like yeah people have probably tried to meditate before and you sort of sit there for five minutes and you're like trying to get into your breath it's not working you start thinking about everything and then you can hear the cars outside the birds and everything like that like you do have those distractions and it does come up a lot where flotation therapy is like a cheat guide or like a little stepping stone into like the levels of meditation that monks can do, like where you can get like visualizing states, you can kind of control 
certain parts of like your nervous system and everything like that where it's been known that they can do it and everything where it'll take you years of practice just in standard meditation or whatever it might be to kind of yeah. get to that state so it's just a really easy way yeah, fast forward button. very much so yeah yeah what was the original intention with the private sea before it started what, like if you went to mum and dad what's your elevator pitch what would they have said I think just change for them was like the main thing because obviously didn't know much about the business at all or yeah much about flotation therapy at all so that was all the learning curve so the reason wasn't to actually bring what it is now which is just the immense amount of benefits and just trying to give that to everyone that we do know and our local community and everything like that but I think yeah just then was everybody like mum and dad were kind of in between jobs and it just that opportunity came up where they can create that change even though it was a massive risk for them to take putting everything they had into this um yeah I think the biggest thing for them was just to kind of just shake it up a little bit (laughs) you know they've always kind of been like that and I think it's just another step for them how's that evolved over the last four years four years four years yeah four years 2014 we opened 2014 December so Five years, almost five, five years. Yep. It's exciting. It's very exciting. Yeah, has, has that shifted and changed? Because it's probably been through a bunch of different iterations. Massively, yeah, for sure. Like, especially now that I'm kind of in it, where I was on the outside of it before, so I can kind of see where it is going now. And like, yeah, basically, it's now that we understand, and it's more like just the anecdotal evidence that comes from our clients, where they're like, this is, and that's been like five years of evidence for us. So like this has helped me with this. Oh my God, my relationships with my parents are so much better with this. Like we've connected like father and son together after like three years of not talking and everything like that. So it's just like, you know that the benefits are there. So it's just, that gives you like that drive to just be like, let's get this out there. Like, let's just try and get this out to as many people as possible. And that's what I think is like our main premise. Um, But now we are with the wellness center trying to take a bit more of like a holistic approach rather than just like, just quiet the mind and kind of do that relaxation and that's why we've introduced a bunch of different services and all the allied health and practitioners as well to kind of whatever it might be that you kind of are facing and we can kind of tackle like the mind body spirit soul mental aspect everything and try and try and help you out in any way possible awesome how's that reflected or mirrored or differed from your journey over those last five years to what it is now yeah like because obviously there's going to be parts of that that's kind of grown and, and mm-hmm. changed in tandem, but there's probably going to be, like, you've gone off and done a few different things along that journey. How's yep. it, how's it different slash the same? Yeah. It's weird how similar it is from like the scale that it is at now as well. It's everything is just a lot bigger and a lot larger. So yeah, I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't say a lot is, too dissimilar from what it used to be yeah but just on a larger scale for sure yeah awesome where, where do you guys want to take it well i yeah I, I think i said stupidly when we were building and it's i know it's always nice to aim high but i like to say i'd like to make this like the kind of prime relaxation and recovery center in australia and kind of have people coming from everywhere like having yeah legit sports clubs and having kind of all these incredible speakers come in and everything like that as well because we are like beginning to host those workshops and just have it as a place that's 
just incredibly massive and just has so much to offer. And hopefully we can get to that level. It is like stepping stones to get there and it's a long process to get there. But I do want to make it that for sure and just have it as like a prime location for relaxation and recovery. Doesn't sound that stupid. Doesn't sound that stupid, no. It sounds like a lot of work, which I think we're all willing to do, you know. It's the, like your email that just went out, Lucky. <laughs> oh, surprise awesome. weekly wrap jump on the website subscribe yeah it's all about the long game it's all about the uh, the fulfilment option I think <laughs> good. Yeah. Very good we're playing the infinite game we, we are playing the infinite game yeah good. yeah, yeah it's, it's been really cool from, from outside in to obviously get to know you guys really well over the last couple of years yeah. to see hey there's this float tank centre in Mornington and then to actually have a flow mm-hmm. and to to get to know your parents a little bit and then to get to know you and to see it go through multiple evolutions over the last couple of years. Yeah. And I think it's something that everybody needs mm-hmm. more of. It's like just taking that pause and taking that moment to fill your cup. Um, and the way you guys do it is very similar to us in that holistic approach. For sure. Is you don't want to just worry about the physical. It's Yeah. It's everything. Uh, it comes. Encom- it's all encompassing. Yeah. Um, but I guess let's stop talking about that for a little bit. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about me. Fill us in. <laughs> well, I want to know you. <laughs> <laughs> How want I describe myself? Start from the start. <laughs> start from the start. Born in Frankston. Shout out. <laughs> I think a lot of us were maybe. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. No, I wasn't. No, you weren't? Uh, Clayton. Oh, there you go. Oh, we've had this Monash, conversation. Monash, Monash, Monash. That was my There you go. Well, to yeah. you guys then, listening. <laughs> Not these guys. Um, grew up on the Gold Coast, 10 years there. Did Didn't you? touch a surfboard once. She's on the waist. And then, yeah, like, I guess the big change there was, like, I had this cool little, like, friend group and everything like that, and then mum and dad again shook the bag a little bit and decided to take us all on a sell the house and take us on a three month trip around Europe. Um, and then make the change back to Victoria, which, yeah, I think everyone was really kind of taken back by that, but it's, that's their risk taking kind of nature that they, they do have. So it was everyone starting from zero. I was starting from zero with zero friends. They were starting from zero from like having no job, work, bank account, no house. So everyone just restarted. And my sister, she was like, just about to start VCE in Queensland. Wow. Well, not VCE, whatever it is HSC. called there. HSC. And then came back. So it was like a, a massive change That's for everyone, huge. but it's distilled so much in us. You know, like I've yeah. traveled a bunch now throughout the world just because I think they've put that in me. My sister left when she was 18 to go work on cruise ships around the world. Didn't come back she was until she was 28. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And now she's back with a baby. Woof. Awesome. Love that. And a beautiful partner, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> I feel cautious saying names as well. Nah, shout outs. Shout outs are good. Yeah. What what are the what are the values that if you like look back at it now that mm-hmm. you think that I don't know, the courage for your parents to be able to sell the house, take you guys to Europe, yeah. move back to Victoria where you know, where you have to start fresh. What mm-hmm. values do you think that's helped you guys with when you're building it? Like definitely Obviously, courage has put a big one in us, but like a lot of fear and understanding fear and just like not kind of, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Fear in the way of knowing that it's there, but being able to approach it in a way where it's like 
find comfortability in it in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was so scary for me to experience. Like being a 12-year-old, like, hi, I'm, I'm Tom, um, let's be friends. And then just seeing like friendships grow from that. Mm-hmm. So it's like there is never like a state of worry. You're always kind of comfortable and there's always going to be good that does come out of it. So, they've yeah, they've taught me a lot about that sort of stuff, which is cool. Have there been like uh, any um, defining moments or people or places mm-hmm. in your... Um, in the story of your life mm-hmm. that have kind of influenced where you are now and what you're doing? Definitely my entire family. Like we've got like that, that tribal kind of growth family, even though we grew up in, in Queensland and everything like that. We're always coming up, always coming down. And it was like, I think dad has, oof, I'm going to get it wrong here, but maybe like seven brothers and sisters. And then from that, cousins grandchildren so it was always just every christmas was this massive community that we did have together and um just learning everything from each one of them because they're all super interesting like a bunch of them are different kind of artists and it's just like everyone kind of feeds you these different values from such a such a young age which you learn from so much and yeah so i don't think it's like a a singular person that i can name there was one teacher who was super super wicked during my my vcal cool um, and I think because he didn't have the responsibility to like, this is what you have to learn. It was yeah. VCAL so much more chill. So he just took like a very kind of relaxed take to that. Um, and was just super welcoming with like everything that we would put forward to him. And he would kind of come back to us. Like I'd still have a beer with that guy. Awesome. Um, but yeah, no, no true, true massive mentors that aren't in the family circle. And now I'd say definitely you guys are. Yes, yes. I do have to say that. Thanks for the. the, 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 story to tell, right? And lessons yeah. to impart. Um, it's like the ethos of this podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Like everyone has, uh, um, everyone has a story and you can take something away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's like these truly life defining moments or people that they meet or whether it's just like, um, struggles or things that they've gone through and they've passed through this like tension or hard parts and it's um, the things that they or how they've come out on the other side and how they've adapted or evolved yeah that can then inform you on how to move the needle further for sure yeah I like to look at it as like I've been alive for 26 years and like the amount that I've learned and what I know pretty much everyone has that capacity to know the same amount of stuff but it's just it might all be different so it's like you know, everyone's got a wealth of knowledge. It's just depending on how they kind of express it to you. Uh, I think, you know? yeah. yeah. It's it's the beauty of long form conversation like this. Definitely, <laughs> we we get to actually break it down and and you learn from other people's experiences. Mm-hmm. And you've had plenty of experiences along the journey. Yeah, fill us in on on your travels. Travels, because it's it's such a it's such a broad term. Travel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why? What? How? When? Fill, fill us in. Spontaneous. Why? Yeah. Um, just had two friends heading over to South America. So I think 
we got back from a festival and we're like, oh man, you know, it's just so fun just not being like in that work life and everything like that. And it just popped up like, why don't we just go overseas with these guys? How long ago was this? 2015 was like my first big kind of solo trip. Um, and yeah, I was like, had 10 months, I think, of my carpentry trade left and was like oh, cool like I'll just pack up I told my boss I'm like I'll, I'll come back I'm coming back I, had, <laughs> I promise I did have every intention too as well because I yeah. like enjoyed the crew that we were with but the, like the work itself you know I'm not a massive fan it was work it was work yeah. um, and then decided to go away for that five five month trip over just in America a couple of festivals there um, Mexico Central America and then moving a little bit into South America there as well. Um, and then, yeah, came back and didn't go back to carpentry. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so that was like a super cool trip, which I ended up also spontaneously doing it by myself, which I was supposed to do it with one of my best mates. Um, but he lost his passport maybe oh, no. two months in or something like that. So I was kind of what? forced to be by yeah. myself with no expectation of being by myself, yeah. which wow. was an absolute blessing. Like, I know... They're, they're two different trips. Two different trips. And I could say a word and he would know what I'm about to say kind of thing. Like, we are super connected, so alike. Um, not afraid to, like, go up to people and everything like that. But it still put constraints on, which I didn't realise until you are travelling solo. Mm-hmm. And when you start doing that, you're just like, oh, my gosh. It's so, a whole world out here. whole new world, yeah. And it just puts you out there on the, on the back foot, which makes you have to, you know, push forward on, on the front foot a little bit. Yeah. So then I decided to do my 2017 trip completely solo. And that was just all of, well, just supposed to be South America itself, um, like the entire thing, but really only did Colombia and Peru because, yeah, they're incredible so countries. Much there, yeah. So much, yeah. You could spend, I would almost live in Colombia. Like the places that they have there is just, in, like they're people because I think they've gone through such hardship with the cartels and everything that has happened there. Yeah. They haven't had tourism come a lot through their place. So when they see you, they're like, oh my God, a tourist, what can I get for you? Let's, yeah. let's go somewhere, let's do this, yeah. That's awesome. Where you go to Peru, which is still such a beautiful place, but because they've had such tourism for like Machu Picchu and everything like that coming in, they're kind of a bit more used to it and a bit more kind of, uh, exactly. Have you read the book Tribe by Sebastian Younger? I have not. Highly recommend it. It, <laughs> it talks about how like levels of, of happiness and fulfillment in different communities that have been through hardships like that. Right. And it, it, some of the examples that he uses in the book are around around war-torn countries and how when the, the measure of the gross happiness within the communities is higher than it is in the developed, what we call civilised Western culture. Yeah. And it's mind-blowing. Like, what are the... What are your experiences with different communities and, you know, obviously doing the US and South America and Central America? Yeah. And how the happiness changes? Incredibly. Yeah. Crazy. Like, the US is also, like visually such a beautiful place as well like the landscape changes so crazily but everyone knows that it's just a little crazy here and there um but i think my first experience with it and i still remember it clearly was in mexico we were just chilling on a beach i think we had our tablets out on the beach just like i don't know standard tourists and these little kids came running up to us with like a plank of wood with like one two three four five six seven eight nine and a little screen and there's like phone yeah we have a phone as well and they're like so joyful about it and everything like that and we're like oh my god like this is this is where it's at so we just like 
threw the tablets away and just started like playing with the kids and everything like that, which was, yeah, I think a pretty, I don't know, not life changing, but like kind of like an eye opening moment for me where you're like, it's pretty powerful. Yeah. And you know, and it's such a common thing, but it can be reiterated in a bunch of different ways, but happiness can be found in so many places and in, in so many different ways. Yeah. I mean, there's a stick or a ball. Or exactly. A rock. Yeah. 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 Simple things, right? Play rock soccer. <laughs> yeah, they were playing rock soccer. It was crazy. <laughs> you mentioned festivals and chuckled a little bit. Why? Um, well, <laughs> the first, the first leg of the first trip. Oh, first leg of the yeah, first leg of the first trip. Um, firstly, Portland was having the solar eclipse happen there, um, and they found where it was going to be in most totality. They would hold a festival there, and that's like a forty to fifty thousand person festival, yeah. which at the middle of the camera, maybe in the middle of the festival or something like that at 11am the solar eclipse happened so everyone's there all together and everything like that and you experience the solar eclipse which is yeah, just one of the most incredible like chakra universally aligning. powerful things that you'll ever chakra aligning like <laughs> any word you could use you would yeah. use it right there like you can see the moon like come across the hills just the shadow of it and everything like that and you fit, draws this massive cold breeze with it. It was like a 35 degree day, 11 a.m. Wow. And it just cold gust of wind. Everyone started chucking jumpers on when it hit totality. Birds started going crazy because they didn't know what was happening with their sleep cycles and everything yeah. like that. And then stars came out and it was like two and a half minutes of like primal crazy energy. Everyone's screaming like, where's the sun? Bring it back. <laughs> And then it just goes back and it's just back to a 35 degree day. Everyone's just kind of sitting there like... What just happened? That was the weirdest two minutes of my yeah, life. Yeah, well, that was so weird. Um, and that was purely incredible. So that's happening again <laughs> next year in Patagonia. So... Go on. Yeah, I already got my ticket. Wait. Uh, December. Ooh. December next year. So if you guys are around... Solar eclipses. People were walking around with t-shirts saying like, I've been to this solar eclipse. Yeah, I've been wow. to this. And we're like, come on guys, you know, talk it up. At that one, I'm going, I went to Portland Eclipse because I fully understand it. Like, you chase yeah. those things now. Once you feel yeah, that, yeah. it's just the most, Small. yeah, incredible feeling. That's insane. KP, if you're listening, I'm going to be busy in <laughs> Yeah. Um, bring a one-year-old, you know? Yeah. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and then after that, two days later, trekked into my first experience of Burning Man and Nevada Desert Black Rock The Plier. Explain that to us. Explain <laughs> that. Explain the the idea of what Burning Man is yep. to uh, the uninitiated yep. and the, I guess, the, the experience. Yeah. Give us like a one word, like that summarizes the experience. Yeah. One word would definitely be like peak. <laughs> it is the peak because it's like I'll come back to your question in a second, yeah. but it is the peak of literally everything it's the peak of creativity it's the peak of expression like there's no limits of what can happen or what can be done there the entire festival itself and it'll come kind of linking in with yours here yeah but the the festival itself is an arts and music festival but it's not really that at all they express it as like a global change a global initiative kind of thing to create like a bit of consciousness, I guess, around community and socialism. And it's just like these 10 days where there's this perfect world 
where no money is exchanged whatsoever. Everything is all a barter system. There's no value to anything. So you can trade a hug for a three-course meal or you can trade a, a high five for, I don't God knows, everything. Like a trip on a Boeing 747. Like someone went up on, they have an airport there. I mean, it's a massive yeah. place. Um, and I can't remember what she traded, but she ended up going up on the plane just with one of the private, like the private jets that were there. The pilot took her around and just flew her around and then took her back down. Like everything is possible there. Yeah. You know, um, the entire festival is created by the people themselves as well. There's nothing like the, the Burning Man organization will say like, these are the spaces that you guys can have. They organize all like the, the leases, the permits and everything like that. But then the actual build of the entire festival is done by the people. It's up to you. Exactly. So, and there's like, there's structures there, which take months to build. So people are just going there and it's just a pure, like it is expression. Like people are building these crazy art installations just knowing that it's going to get torn down 10 days later yeah you know it's such a crazy thing it builds like so in permanence it builds like immense amounts of community together because you can just people call you in off the street dirt street i guess <laughs> i don't know and they're just like come sit with us and they'll just give you all this food as much as possible then you're just hanging out with them for like three days you know it's yeah, it's an incredible place. It's a super incredible place and pretty powerful place as well in terms of... It's called Burning Man because they burn the man. There's like a... Every year there's... Burning Man will give a certain art company or an organisation the rights to build the man. Um, and they do like their own interpretation going around the theme of what Burning Man is, which yeah. I think I went to like Carnival of Mirrors and... Something about aliens, I think. I'm not too sure. Um, so they'll revolve it around that. And that's itself is a 70-foot wooden structure that has to be stable for people to climb and everything like that. Oh, wow. So it's a lot of effort going into that. Yeah. And then on the Saturday... Burn it. It's not... A, yeah, it's burn it. They explode it. Like, there's fireworks. <laughs> there's... Probably the biggest, biggest explosion I've ever seen in my life was blowing up the man. Yeah, and right. it's, like, insane. Everyone's cheering. All the art cars are crazy. Art cars, I guess, are people with a lot of money. <laughs> we'll just put, like, there was a million-dollar art car called El Pupo Mechanico, and it's just this giant metal octopus with eight arms, like, giant, I'm saying, like, two stories high kind of thing, and it shoots fire out of each arm Good. to certain beats, so you can create beats out of it, and it drives around the festival, and there's a bunch of those, like, just insane things. So they'll circle around the man um, and just everyone pumping music, massive party on the Saturday night. And then the Sunday night is the temple, which is just this incredible sacred space that they do hold throughout the whole festival where you can go in, pay respects to love lost one, uh, lost loved ones. Yeah. Say that the right way. Um, and just kind of whatever, yeah, not even lost loved ones, but just anything that you want to pay respect to, you can kind of ride in there, hang some stuff up in there, and then on a Sunday they'll burn that. And it's like fire is such a, like a primal, sacred thing which everyone can just kind of like immensely respect as well. Yeah. So you go from the Saturday where it's just noise, and craziness, everything yeah. going crazy to Sunday, silence. 80,000 people just sitting there in silence. And like every now and then you'd hear like, 
I love you, mom, coming out, or <laughs> like just these crazy things. And it's just the thing slowly collapses, and everyone's like hugging <clears throat> each other, and tears are everywhere, and everything wow. like that. And it's, yeah, this is like ultimate emotion. Like everything peak. is just like it's the peak. It's peak. Yeah, yeah. like of Cirque du Soleil do performances there and everything like that, just awesome. because you know they can. It's, it's expression. Yeah, it's expression. Yeah, whatever like kind of creative aspect you might have, whether it be like fire twirling artistry martial arts speaking like the yeah. best of the best are usually there doing their thing yeah, yeah. you use the word consciousness before mm-hmm. what is what comes to your mind when you think of consciousness mm-hmm. well that's a fucking weird paradox what comes what, <laughs> consciousness, but what what's your i guess definition i want to i don't like the term definition when talking about something like consciousness but what do you think yeah. of what do I think of when I think of consciousness? Um, How does the solo eclipse and Burning Man shape that definition? I guess, yeah, I kind of believe in like a, a global consciousness as well. If you want to get into like the, the soul, whether people connect those or not, I think they all speak in their own way, but they are all connected. And I've learned that through different kind of eye-opening things. Um, but yeah, I think consciousness is purely coming from the person, but it's coming from like a higher state. It's like there's, I can't remember who talks about this, but there's like this constant wave that runs or like a, a river that runs above you. And that's when you yeah. like, people are all, always tapped into that river, but it's like what, their insight or whatever it might be, I guess their personal side of consciousness is out there grabbing onto to whatever it might be, the things there that are yeah. kind of helping them create their own, like, I don't know, little part of their own consciousness. I don't know if that explains it at all. I, we, it's a, I, I think it's a hard thing to explain. explain it. Yeah. It's all abstract, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I guess, I guess just knowing that there are other like going to experiences like that. There are people that are just like, just insanely in tune with whatever is happening. And to kind of see that, you know, that there is like a, a higher consciousness that you can draw from as well. I think. Do you mean like a higher conscious, like a state of consciousness or like consciousness as this thing that you can like tip into? Yeah. The latter, like the conscious, like I, I believe in like the kind of, the one soul theory where basically everyone is connected in a way. So like there is, everyone's just like your own different forms of yourself. And that's why people say what you do to others, you're only doing to yourself. And it's all just like that reflection based kind of scenario. And when you kind of do believe in that, you see it so much more as well. Like judging a book by its cover with the first person that you meet, it's, just one of the most like cliche things, but it's just so true as well. When you kind of, someone walks in and you see their kind of attitude and their, what they're bringing in, it's because you're only presenting it to them as well, you know? And as soon as you put on that smile and kind of open up to them, they're most likely to open up to you as well. And if you, where did I hear this? I can't remember. But it's always, well, I thought about get, I think about getting everything as a tattoo, and that's <laughs> that's bad. But I do. But there was someone said right back at you, and it's because there's always 
one finger pointed at you to three fingers pointing, uh, one finger pointed at them to three fingers pointing back at you. So it's yeah. always in that cycle of coming back to you. I like that. You know? That's really cool. But yeah. I'm not going to get that tattoo. Why not? Well, yeah, maybe I will. convince <laughs> <laughs> me. Might get the Virtus logo as well. <laughs> Please. Yeah. You have free sessions for a week if you get the Virtus Done. Logo. <laughs> Everybody, best if you're listening, everyone comes ever. in. Everyone comes in with yeah. a tattoo free week. I've know, got a tattoo gun, so if you guys want free Virtus weeks, I'll do them out of my house. Um. <laughs> right, give me one. <laughs> yeah. We can do it in Patagonia next year. Nice. <laughs> nice. Happy with that. And obviously... All of the the consciousness talk and all of those things mm-hmm. tie tie in really well to what you guys are achieving and trying to achieve it. Yeah, exactly. It's all an it's all an educational thing, I think, because a lot of people are super unaware of what's happening in an energy state or in a in a conscious state that people are attuned to. Um, and I think the services that we do offer kind of help people if you get into that state of relaxation or whatever it might be those people become a little bit more aware and so it's kind of growing that community mm. consciousness to use the word again community consciousness yeah okay. and, it, and it's we, we can think about it as like the whole world mm-hmm. what is it Gaia or is it mm-hmm. that's the, the whole consciousness of the entire earth right yeah. or we can go like really uh, inwards and just think of us right and then, but then what I one of my I don't know, passions or the thing that I like tapping into is that like community Gaia is yeah. It, yeah. You know, it, literally when I think of community at the moment, like I think of pretty much like four streets. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, we align so both, like, I think mentally and everything like that, like a lot of our values will align, but like physically, we're three streets that way, you know? <laughs> common folk, like, we're there, exactly. there very similar vibes yeah. and just like it goes one, two, three, like each street. Yeah. We just got nothing in whatever that other street is. Bruce Street. Bruce. There's a post office. There's a post office. Yeah, yeah, the guys at the post office. Delivering the yeah, Helping deliver the consciousness. Yeah. I see like a lot of parallels or not parallels, but um, things that from your narrative or your life that feed into uh, what are you doing now? Like you talk about you talk about happiness that you found in like these rural communities in South America and then yep. like there's this collective consciousness community consciousness from like the Burning Man yeah um, so there's like all these lessons or all these like things that you're tapping into mm-hmm. that you're kind of like accumulating in this one space here at privacy yeah yeah um, it's cool to see how like the narrative that you've lived has informed you of where you want to go now next. for sure yeah and it's cool to see I, I, I mean I don't think we're the only like reason for it because I think the change is done via the person but to kind of instill change in people and to kind of see how much like people have been with us for the five years and everything like that and to see their like own personal growth mm-hmm. just from I mean it's super contagious you know I think just energy is incredibly contagious and I think the energy that the three of us well, four of us, because my sister's back working there now as well, yeah. um, all hold together, people just resonate with incredibly. Yeah. Like, we're not that clinical place that you walk into. Hi, take a seat. Here you go. Like, we'll make jokes. We're unorganized. Walk around barefoot. Like, we make mistakes. And I think that's what people like about us. Like, we are genuine about it. 
you know. You've humanised this business. Yeah. And that's what people Thank you. connect with. Um, like, who was I talking about with the other day? I think I was talking about sales with someone. Mm-hmm. And like, like boat sales? Like, uh, oh no, actual sales. Like, okay. <laughs> Selling things. Okay, cool. That's so much more. We could be selling sales. Sure. I thought you were going full off topic. Hit me. I was talking about like selling things (laughs) and um, how like the process of selling is like it can suck. Yep. And it's really hard and people don't like it. But if you humanize the process and you're actually like want to you know connect with this person, you get to know them and you understand their story and where they're coming from. Yeah. Then like it comes becomes fun. Yep. And it becomes easy because you're just um, having building a relationship with someone. For sure. And I think you guys do that super well at Virtus. Like, as soon as someone starts, you all know their name straight away. Yeah. No, and, like, no, just no, that... No story. Exactly. Like, yeah. that instant feeling of, like, oh, I'm already a part of this. Like, hey, guys, like, it's my second day, but, yeah. whew, I'm part of this family. Like, just that introduction into, into Virtus, I think, is such an incredible thing that you guys have done. Yeah. And we've tried to take that, but gosh, knowing people's names is an incredible hard thing, you know? <laughs> and it's even worse when you get it wrong. Hey, Susan. Uh, Damn it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shoots you right in the foot. Um, what are you doing to, um, like, build this community mm-hmm. around the private sea? Yeah, so a few things, I guess. Like, we are trying to do a bit of, like, an, an outreach into the community via which we don't have properly set up yet or we just have some cool ideas for it, but we do want to create a place where not just paying customers come. Like we want to create a place where people can just come. Um, And that's why we will introduce, it's small at the moment, but like a a community library there and we will introduce like a larger one where people can come and not necessarily read, but just kind of sit and, and do what they want. If home or work isn't a place for them to kind of, relax, switch off, pick up a book if it's this craziness or whatever it might be. We can be that space for them or we're going to have basically the workshop space that is constantly there will be an almost always open meditative space. So people can come and just sit in silence if they don't want to be around people. That can be their space for them. And then just kind of community workshops. So, and that's going back to like the educational side of things. Um, and we want to open up like talks and information nights which are non-charged and people could just kind of come in off the street and whatever it might be about it might be just us talking about flotation it might be one of our practitioners talking about their craft it might be you guys coming in to talk about the benefits of like physical exercise and combining that with like the mental aspect of things like just whatever it is and just kind of building that education back into the community to help them um i think is what we are trying to do um, and the, yeah, there's a few other ideas that we do have, but nothing really implemented entirely yet, but always trying to give back as much as possible. Yeah. I think that's like you, your, the generosity that you're showing through having these like mm-hmm. free, this free space mm-hmm. or sessions for people to just come, to come in and, uh, improve their lives. Yeah. And like, or just even just finding space to be. Exactly. Um, yeah. Is awesome. I think uh, so. Yeah. And it's just, once it's just kind of getting out there to let people know that we are like we can be we have no training and facilitation or anything like that but just we have an incredible amount of like people that do work with us who do have the training so we can kind of if you do need it 
put you on the pathway towards that or whatever it might yeah. be. Um, but yeah, just want to let people know that we are there, you know, if you need it. It's such a cool thing. What are the um, like biggest lessons or um, things you've taken from from like a business perspective, mm-hmm. building this building this thing, mm-hmm. the like his hub, mm-hmm. uh, as well as like the personal lessons that have been a part of this like evolution or transformation? For sure, yeah. Biggest thing I've taken from it is like is. A lot of people say it, but, like, learning how to say no and, like, kind of empowering yourself to be able to do it. And it's, like, it's a comfort zone thing, again, because you just kind of keep saying yes to people, like, on a minor scale to a major scale. Like, yes, you can do this. Yes, you can do that. Or not even saying yes, but just not saying no. Just builds such, like, stress and anxiety on yourself when you're not kind of acknowledging it, I think. People will sort of... Not that they do, but people can kind of twist and turn that to manipulate, I think, words that you might say. Um, so it's just kind of being a bit more stern and, and like, truer to myself and truer to, like, the business, to what the business wants, to what we all want. Um, and just kind of re-empowerment, you know? Yeah. It's tough having those boundaries in place. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but... It just gives you, it allows you to be able to do what you um, are there to do. Yeah. Like, and at the end of the day, it's like, it doesn't, saying no, it's... It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad <laughs> thing. No, it's like everyone understands. It's just overcoming that in yourself to be able to like, because yeah. <sighs> just because you don't want to confront and deal with like that confrontation maybe that it might cause or just yeah. like the kind of ill effect that it might cause, which it doesn't. Yeah. It's like this assumption that we hold that people are going to get offended if we say no. Yeah. When in reality, like rationally, yeah, they won't. No, not at all. Maybe take it back for a, a second. <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah. And then they come to an understanding. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll just keep bringing it back to experience. Like that's, I can't remember the saying, and we were talking about it last night at home, but like how you do everything is how you do anything and it's like training we talked about this is training specifically to attach it generically um and just learning from experience like you can't specifically learn from what people tell you what is good and what is bad like you do have to experience like you know the stove is hot okay thanks yeah mum i'm sure the stove is hot whatever ah god damn the stove is hot like you know you got to truly understand and experience the good and the bad to kind of build that, that, that basis and learn from it. And I think that's what I'm doing the most. Like I've made a bunch of mistakes and throughout the, well, throughout my life, obviously, but throughout the business as well, like so many wrongdoings, not bad wrongdoings, but just like taking the wrong choice or whatever it might be. And I think that's also super beneficial because you're like, well, I'm not going to do that again. Pretty good now. And then you kind of learn what's good and, like we were talking about before, just realigning with the core values and taking that right choice. Yeah. Hmm. What, um, it's like that, uh, have you read Principles, Ray Dalio? No. There's like the, um, the loop where you are seeking these big, hairy, audacious goals mm-hmm. and you like fail or hit a, um, hit a setback or an obstacle. Mm-hmm. And 
but you learn from it and then you set bigger, more audacious goals mm-hmm. because you are like in pursuit of um, like what's possible. Like you said before, like the the hub, the prime hub of recovery and relaxation in yep. Australia. Yep. Like that won't become possible. Mm-hmm. That possibility won't become a reality until you've made mistakes and learned from them and kept um, setting the bar a little bit higher. Yep. Yeah, maybe that's like, it does put a bit of like a, a capping on it as well. If you kind of just always getting everything right, you kind of, you, I don't think you learn, or you do work, learn the limit, I think, because the limit is like kind of self-proposed. But if you do fail, then you can kind of pass that and surpass that limit. Yeah. Hmm. What's like the, the limit for you at the moment? Like what are the, the edges of your capacity that you're starting to push a little bit to... Uh, to get better in myself yeah personally um what am I pushing just learning to listen I think is a big thing learning to kind of I have a tendency to always like as soon as someone starts speaking I'll be like I'm gonna say this I'm gonna say this I'm gonna say this but it's like I'm not actually like connecting I'm like I'm thinking about okay I'm going to say this and I'm going to say like okay I'll move on to that and then go back from that and everything like that so that's a big thing that I think I've always dealt with as well I think a lot of people may deal with is also and it's just kind of this is like the perfect um, example of this in this podcast like I've got these questions that I want to ask you so I'm like oh, I'm going to ask this question oh yeah right yeah but then yeah. like we'll go off on a tangent and, and the question's gone you're like yeah. how do I bring it back up yeah I think it's just like a connection thing like yeah connecting with the person that you're with mm-hmm. and um, actively listening to what they're saying yeah. and the questions will just arise naturally. For sure, yeah. And I think people are always, not always, but like people don't understand or they just feel like discomfort in the silence as well. Like they're afraid to, maybe because this is a podcast, I'm not too sure, but if it just sort of sits silence and then you can kind of, have a natural thought like thoughts aren't just like that you know like not everything comes straight away so I think people are a little bit uncomfortable just to sit in that silence kind of create some form of question or to create an answer I think people are getting a bit more used to like I'm still learning that but I think silence is bliss but not on a podcast because we've got to stay engaged maybe (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think um like when you say that being comfortable in silence, mm-hmm. I think that's something that I uh, am okay with. Yeah. But like, it, it just brought up for me um, my early like my early relationship with Sally Ann, mm-hmm. and we all, we um, maybe this is just like shy seventeen year olds, but right. uh, like we used to just like sit and not really and not always be talking, and I used to like love that. Yeah. Like, I think I connected maybe more powerfully or more deeply because we had the ability to do that with each other. Yeah. We didn't have to feel the silence. Yeah. Um, and I think, that, yeah, that silence is powerful. For sure. <sighs> yeah. But it's, I mean, it is also signs of such a good connection and such a good relationship when you can, like, just talk and then eight hours passes and you're like, I don't really even know what I was saying, but like mm. just that, that ebb and flow of the conversation just kind of takes you into different topics and takes you to these places is also such a great thing. Yeah. So it's an experience kind of both ends of it. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. What um, what's uh, in the immediate future for you, for you for your privacy? What's mm-hmm. um, what's what's happening? For me, I think is a lot of is getting back into health. Sick. Yeah. Um. It's been I think last year was such a, a a good year for me in terms of health and fitness, and I know I felt great from it. And then this this year's kind of slipped, and I'm kind of reinvigorating that again. And that's where my apart from the business, that's where pretty much all my time is spent, kind of learning the field again and kind of engaging in coming back to Virtus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, had a little time off, but now we're back, which is cool. Yeah, and it just kind of builds your own motivation, just doing a bunch of different things, in, like sitting at home, kind of just pondering or watching TV or something like that. You kind of just start slipping and slipping and slipping and slipping. Where if you do a one day of exercise, you're like, oh, I'm sore, but I feel good. And just kind of getting getting back into that. And then for the business at the moment is construction and construction. Like we're still in... Now, stage two of the build, stage one was obviously getting up and having people through and kind of allowing services, but now stage two has taken place and it's kind of in that process of construction, which takes up a lot of our time. Um, like there's so many things that we want to start introducing, but can't do until the construction is finished. Um, so it's like a good lesson in just being patient though, right? For sure. Yeah, it'll come. Like we know, like we know it'll come and we know that we're going to have a space, which I mean, people already love it and that's... It's kind of frustrating for us because people come in like, "Oh, the place is beautiful," and we look at it like, "What do you mean? No, 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 no! It's not where we want it to be at all." Um, so yeah, just kind of being comfortable with that and being actually patient, like you said, um, knowing that it will come, and then we can start like working on all the kind of different avenues that the business does have, which is such a fun thing. Like. I'm a super phasey, transient person. Like, I'll go from this to that to this to that. And I always have been. Like, I think I remember... Wow. Yeah, I do remember. Like, I even remember the road that we were driving on when I was a kid. And I'd just gotten a Dragon Ball Z toy. And my sister was just like, oh, he's going to be over that in a week anyway. And I still remember those words because I'm like, that's completely in me now. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um but I've always been like that. Like I've done every sport across the board. I've, I've done like whatever it might be. I've done a hundred percent for a short amount of time and then drop back out of it. So it's this kind of instilling and trying to get a bit more like effective in the things that I do do, which the business has also taught me as well, because the business has so many different avenues I can follow down. So if I do get a little bit, if I'm putting a hundred percent into one thing, which I don't think I am, it's kind of one percent spread everywhere into a hundred things. Um, but if I do kind of get fed up or I do get drained or burnt out on one different aspect of it, I can just move into the other avenue. And, exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's so yeah. many different options. That's the thing. It's hard sometimes to know whether to go shallow but wide. Yeah on lots of different things or yep. whether just to like narrow your focus and let's just go deep on this one thing yeah 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 and it's cool to do like it's I mean everything no matter what you do goes super deep like it can go oh. and it's cool to think like we talk about this a fair bit at home and it's just like there's someone who is the best at everything like there's one person who is just putting like an immense amount of time into one thing to master that craft whatever it might be um and I, I do wish that was, was me. And it probably can be me if I, like, 
put myself to that test. But it just takes incredible dedication, which is such a cool thing for people to be able yeah. to do. Like, to be able to be like, this is my thing, I'm going to do it. Yeah, there's a book called uh, Peak. I think it's called Peak, The Secrets to High Performance or something. Oh, yeah. Uh, where he talks about, like, the obtaining mastery yeah. in something requires... Uh, it's like that 10,000 hour thing yeah. which was Malcolm Gladwell in, in Outliers I think he said that but um, it requires like years of like dedication to mm-hmm. this thing and deliberate practice and uh, like deep work yeah. so it's like a willingness and commitment to that thing mm-hmm. uh, but yeah it's like the specialist generalist argument exactly yeah um, yeah Master of all trades. Mm. Yeah. Is what I like to be, I think. Cool. Except carpentry, because I didn't finish the apprenticeship. <laughs> One day, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I can always come back to it. Yeah. But the, the thing, like, again, an experience. Like, I learned in the three years and two months that I did do it for, I was able to build the centre that we're in now. Yeah. You know, like, I, I've learned the stuff, and I know, I know the stuff, I don't have the qualification, yeah. but I just have the know-how to do it. And I took that trade overseas, like... I helped build a uh, an up and coming. Um, oh, I can't remember the actual name of it. Inti, yeah, I don't know the name, but but like just like a a wellness retreat. So I was building like all these incredible things. Like they wanted a pool, so we're building a pool. And somehow I snaked my way into like head of construction there. So just doing all these crazy weird things with like timber that I've never worked with, and used it twice. It became like a, a tree house builder in. Um, uh, Santa, um, what's the hills above Santa Marta in Colombia? And was building, got head of construction there and just looking out over this view, building a dope deck, building a treehouse, building like these hammock swings and everything. So I was like, I've had the ability to use the trade, you know, it's, it, all, it all comes in handy at some point. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> They're all transferable skills. Definitely. Yeah. Um, it's like the, the narrative comes in again. Mm-hmm. Like, things that you've done in the past have, have informed how you approach the thing that you're doing now. Yeah. Um, that's sick. Yeah. Like, that treehouse head of construction thing is awesome. Super it's fun. It's definitely on the resume. Super fun. Yeah, it's def- yeah, put it on the resume. <laughs> but yeah, I was sleeping in there as well and you just look out over the mountains down into the water. It's, yeah, it's an incredible place. Amazing. But you kind of like, you think that you won't use these skills again and then they just pop up and you kind of remember how to do it all. Yeah. Like, I think a, a lot of people will resonate with why do Pythagoras? You know, what's trigonometry going to do? Uh, I've used that multiple times since. It's awesome. It's crazy. Like, working with triangles and everything like that, like building the climbing wall at home, used it so much. Yeah. Didn't get it right, but had the ability to use it, you know? Um, so, yeah, everything comes back, I think. It's, it's all stored up in... Not necessarily in like the obtainable kind of thought uh-huh. process, but it's also subconscious. Exactly, it's there. Yeah, it's there. You can grab it at some point if it needs to be grabbed. I love it. Hmm. Uh, anything else from you? <sighs> we've done my life story. We've done the business. <laughs> we've covered a few topics. Covered a few. Yeah. What's like your uh, three? let's say, actions or things that you would recommend people start doing to be, like, a little bit more mindful or 
um, incorporate some uh, mindfulness, gratitude, yep, um, relaxation in their life. Yep, cool. Well, I feel like I'd say flotation, but I'm not going to say flotation. Like that okay. is, it's such an easy <laughs> thing to introduce into your life that will benefit a bunch of different things. But three different things: definitely clean eating, healthy eating. Um, something that does work with your lifestyle and dietary needs and everything like that, I think is super important. Um, for myself, like I don't do it enough, but no, I should is just like getting out in nature, bushwalks, camping. Like we've organized a cool little camping climbing trip later this month now, which just so excited. Like I've been so static and around just fast pacedness for so long. Um, so just getting back out there and kind of revitalizing. So little one day camping trip go walk out in nature another great thing um and then for me i think this is more personal i don't know if it does translate to everyone but intermittent fasting or time restricted eating has just been incredibly beneficial for me like i have a very high inflammation level constantly i think um which causes me well caused me to get sick quite a fair bit um so just kind of tailoring my diet and the fasting aspect around that benefits me, so it may benefit you also. Cool. Yeah. Love yeah. it. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Uh, where can everyone find you? This is plug time. This is plug time. You can go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So <laughs> the Private C Wellness Center Instagram is at the Private C. On Facebook is at the Private C Flotation. Facebook won't change us to Wellness Centre yet for some reason. It's taken... Facebook. Yep, damn them. Um, And just across the socials, stay tuned for emails. Sign up to that through the website. But if you want to come down, haven't met us yet at the Private Sea, Tim, Lim and myself, three owners there at 3 Satu Way in Mornington, come on down. We can talk you through visually what we are doing and everything like that and show you around and hopefully get you in the tank. I'd highly recommend it. Um, I try and go down there as much as I can because, well, for the actual thing itself, the flotation mm-hmm. and the Nomatex and yep. sauna and stuff, but yep. um, just like beer and you guys. Cool. You guys are some of my favourite people. Hey, and I enjoy it when you come in as well. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate it. No worries. Thank you.